اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم للفقراء الذین احصروا فی سبیل اللہ چیارٹی is for the poor who have been restricted in the cause of Allah. In these verses we have learned about the sadaqah, charity. And not just sadaqah but also zakah. That on what kind of wealth do we have to give zakat? And when we decide to give zakat, when we choose to give charity, then what kind of wealth should we give in charity? What quality should it be of? What kind of quality should it be of? Poor or good? Good quality. And what's the criteria? Something that you like for yourself, you will also give to the other. And this ayah particularly is about who should we give sadaqah to. There are many ways in which a person can spend. Many people whom a person can give in charity. Many causes for which a person can give charity in order to support them. You can give to the hungry, you can give to people who are disaster-stricken, you can give to people who need money to educate themselves, you can give charity to people who need to build their house, to reconstruct, to renovate, whatever. People who are going through hard times, orphans, needy, different kinds of people we can spend on. But we learned that the best way of giving charity, or rather the person who is most deserving of charity, Because if you give sadaqah to them, then you will get the most reward. Who are they? They are mentioned in this ayah. So which people, which individuals, which cause should we sponsor? Which cause should we give charity for? This is what is mentioned in this ayah. Who are they? Allah says, لِلْفُقَرَاءَ لِلْفُقَرَاءَ meaning الصَّدَقَاتُ الْإِنْفَاقُ لِلْفُقَرَاءَ Charity is for the fuqara. Meaning the most deserving of sadaqat are who? The fuqara. Fuqara is a plural of faqir. And I mentioned to you earlier that a faqir is a person who, what does he have? Nothing. Compared to a miskeen, faqir is literally empty-handed. He has no money. He has nothing that you can call valuable. Nothing with which he can start a business, nothing with which he can buy something that he needs. He barely has anything. This is who a faqir is. You're talking about a homeless person. You're talking about someone who doesn't have a bank account even, somebody who doesn't own a car, somebody who doesn't have a cell phone. Okay? This is what you're talking about. This is who a faqir is. Now, people become faqir for different reasons. For example, a person has been unemployed for several months. They lost their cell phone. I mean, they could not pay for their phone anymore. Eventually they needed money, so they went and sold their phone even. They had a car, they sold their car so that they could have enough money in order to pay for rent. And eventually a time came when they could not even pay their rent anymore. So they left everything. And what did they do? They asked for help. So people become faqeed for various reasons. Another person could become faqeed. Why? Because all of a sudden, let's say their father died. And they have no money. It happens with any people. Or for example, the business they had, it collapsed. They had no insurance, nothing. So whatever they had is gone. People become faqeer for various reasons. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to give sadaqah to a specific kind of faqeer. A person who has become faqeer, why? For what reason? Because they are in the way of Allah. لِلْفُقَرَاءِ الَّذِينَ 
Those fuqara, those poor ones who are restricted in the way of Allah, who are confined because of being in Allah's way. What does it mean by uhsiru? It's from hausadra. And ihsar is to surround, to restrict, to confine something or someone. So that they're unable to move around, they're unable to go anywhere. So uhsiru, they are restricted, their movement is restricted, their financial improvement is limited, it is restricted. Why? What is holding them back? What is confining them? Why can't they just go get a job and earn money? Why can't they just go start a business and make money? Why not? Because they are restricted fi sabilillah in the way of Allah. Some people, they are not able to work because of health reasons. Other people, they are not able to work because they don't have the qualifications. So even if they have the time, even if they have the ability, they're still restricted. Here, this person is restricted. Why? Because all of his time is going into what? In the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single person, how much time do they have? 24 hours in a day. You decide what you want to do with those hours. Some people, they choose to go work to make money. Other members of the family, they choose to study. Other members of the family, they choose to stay at home. For whatever reason. You can't have more than 24 hours. Even if a person wants to have double, triple jobs, can they do that possibly? No, they can't. They can only work 8 to 10 to 15 hours a day maximum. How much more can they work? They can only work for a limited amount of time in a week. They can't do more than that, even if they want to. So if a person has decided that their time is going to go in the way of Allah, then where are they going to get the time to go work? Where are they going to get the time to go and have a business, start some work, make money? How are they going to do that? They can't. So what's the option that they have? Leave the work that they're doing for the cause of Allah and instead make money. And this is the perfect thing to do, to have a balance. This is ideal that a person is independent, meaning he's on his own feet, he is making his money, and at the same time, he also works for the cause of Allah. He also volunteers for good causes, he supports the deen of Allah with whatever time that he has available. But there are certain times... Or there are certain things for which you cannot have people working part-time. There are some things that you can do part-time. For example, there is a class that happens on the weekend, so you can go volunteer for that. There is a workshop, there is an event once a week, once a month, so you can take time out and do that. But there is a lot of work that needs to be done in order to run a certain place, in order to run a certain organization, in order to run a certain institute. And if people are working part-time constantly, then it's going to be a big mess. So what do you need? People who are working full-time for that cause. But if a person is working full-time for that cause, at the end of the day, he only has 24 hours. If he's spending 9 to 5, 5 days a week, for that, where is he going to get the time to make money from? Do you see what I mean? So, الَّذِينَ أُحْصِرُوا فِي سَبِيلِ They are confined, restricted in the way of Allah. And because they are working in the way of Allah, whatever money they had, eventually, it's gone. They've lost. Because their savings have been used up. So what are they left with? Nothing. So, what should they do? Leave the work of the deen and go make money? Okay, that makes sense. But then what about the work of the deen? 
Who's going to do that? So, لِلْفُقَرَاءِ الَّذِينَ أُحْصِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ This is why Allah says that the most deserving of sadaqat are these people. The most deserving of sadaqat are such individuals. Now, at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, there were some people who had migrated from Makkah to Medina. And not just from Makkah, but from various other places. They had left their homes, they had left their businesses. Why? In order to be with the Prophet ﷺ. They were the ones who stayed in the masjid, who spent 24 hours over there, spending time with the Prophet ﷺ, learning the Qur'an from him, learning the deen from him, learning the hadith from him, different rulings of the religion, learning from him. And then whenever there was a need, some work had to be done, who would do it? They would do it. If there was ever a battle, where would that army come from? It was these individuals mainly. Because think about it, if somebody has an orchard, if somebody has animals, can they just leave them and go for a week? They can't. So who would accompany the Prophet ﷺ in all of these expeditions? It was those people who had dedicated themselves entirely for the cause of Allah. Amongst them was who? Can you think of some sahaba? Some companions? Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. He was one of them. He had left his home, he had come to Medina, and he came towards the end of the Medinan period, meaning he wasn't there from the beginning. And while he was there in Medina, he did not get married, he did not buy a house, he did not have any work. All of his time he was spending for what? Learning the deen. So much so that there were times when he would be so hungry, so hungry, that he would leave the masjid and go around looking for food, just anything he could find to eat. And when the Prophet ﷺ would see him, he would know he's hungry. And the Prophet ﷺ would take him and feed him. You might wonder, but why do you have to do that? You know, your body has a right over you, so you're supposed to look after yourself too. But Abu Huraira anhu had only a few years to spend with the Messenger of Allah. Only a few years to learn whatever he could. And if he did not give them a hundred percent, then he would not learn what he learned. And he would not pass on what he passed on. And we would not have Islam the way we have it. If it wasn't for his sacrifice. If it wasn't for his hard work. There were times when he would go hungry. He did not marry. He did not settle. He stayed in the masjid as a single person, working day in and day out, learning day in and day out. Why? And when a person is confined in the way of Allah, Allah says, They are not capable to travel in the land. from what is istitara? The ability to do something. So they do not even have the ability to do what? Darban fil ard, to travel in the earth. Now darb literally means to strike, but like I mentioned to you earlier, darb fil ard is to travel in the earth. So they're not able to travel in the earth. They don't have the time, they don't have the resources, even if they want to, they can't. And why would a person travel? In order to go somewhere, have a business or something like that, make money. But they don't have the time. They don't even have the resources to do that. لا يستطيعون ضربًا في الأرض. And the sad thing is that يحسبهم الجاهل. The jahil person, he thinks of them. يحسبه from حاسين ba. To think from husban. 
And jahil, from jahil, one who is ignorant. So the ignorant person, he considers them to be aghniya, to be rich. Aghniya is the plural of ghani, ghainunya, one who is rich. So the jahil person thinks that, oh, Abu Huraira must be rich. Oh, so-and-so companion must be rich. You know, they must have money, which is why they are dedicating themselves entirely for the sake of Allah. They have a lot of money sitting somewhere because of which they are working like this. Otherwise, who can afford? يَحْسَبُهُمُ الْجَاهِلُ agniya. Why does the ignorant person assume them to be rich? Why? مِنَ taafuf Because of taafuf, Because of their restraint. تَعَفُّفْ عَيْن فَا فَا What is this? This is modesty, shyness. Literally, it means to abstain from something, to refrain from doing something. And... It is to not do something out of shyness. To hold oneself back out of modesty. That a person is too shy to ask. A person is too embarrassed to ask the other. Like Abu Huraira he would be so hungry, yet he would not ask anybody, may I please have some food? I'm really hungry. You know, when we're hungry, what do we do? We say, you have something to eat? I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten anything all day. I forgot my lunch. we think that we're the most unfortunate people on this planet. Which is why we think we have the right to ask for food. But these people who are in the way of Allah, they are so modest that they don't even ask other people when they are in dire need. And so the ignorant people, they think, oh, they have enough. Because if they didn't have, they would have asked us. They would have begged. But they don't beg, they don't ask. Why? Because of shyness, because of modesty, because of dignity. يَحْسَبُهُمُ الْجَاهِلُ أَغْنِيَاءُ مِنَ Allah addresses the believers. Allah says to them, تَعْرِفُهُمْ You will recognize them. Who does you refer to? You, those of you who are interested in giving charity. You, those of you who want to do some good. Someone who is seeking an opportunity to do good, he will find that opportunity. So, تَعْرِفُهُمْ from عَيْنْ رَافَى You will recognize these individuals. How? بِسِيمَاهُمْ By their marks. سِيمَا وَاو سِينْ مِيمْ وَسْمْ is to put a mark on someone. It is to mark. And سِيمَا is mark. So you will recognize them by their marks. If somebody is hungry, seriously, can't you tell by their face they are hungry and tired? Like for example, a child is acting up. People who don't know the child, they're wondering, oh my God, what a misbehaved child. And the mother, when she sees the child, she knows he didn't eat his lunch. He didn't finish his breakfast. Correct? The mother knows by the marks that the child is hungry. This is why he's acting like this. This is why he's behaving in this manner. Why does the mother know? Because she has an interest in her child. She wants the best for her child. And why do other people think that the child is misbehaved? Why do they think like that? Because they don't care for the child. They want the child to go away so that they can have their peace. Isn't it? So, تَعْرِفُهُمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ Allah says, you will recognize them by their marks. If somebody is in need, their need will show. They don't have to ask verbally. They don't need to ask verbally. And this is a huge blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know in a hadith, 
we learned that the Prophet ﷺ advised one of the companions that وَإِذَا سَأَلْتَ فَاسْأَلِ When you ask, when you want something, then ask Allah. Don't ask people. Ask only Allah. And some scholars, they have said that even when you need something, and another person can help you in that, still don't ask the person. Ask Allah to put it in the person's heart. You ask Allah, Ya Allah, I'm thirsty. And Allah will put it in somebody's heart to get you a glass of water. To get you the food that you need. To offer you the help that you need. So, تَعْرِفُهُمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ You will recognize them by their marks. And for this, we need to become very sensitive towards others. We need to be very perceptive. We need to notice other people. We need to give attention to other people. What we do, sadly, is that when we go anywhere, when we're amongst people, we're constantly focused on ourselves. Does my mascara look fine? Is my makeup smudged? Is my hijab okay? Is my ping dangling from the other side? Do I look funny? Which is why we keep pulling up our phones and opening the mirror app and checking our faces and our hijabs from every angle. Which is why we keep rushing to the washrooms. Which is why we keep asking one another. And if somebody is looking at us, we become so conscious. And we excuse ourselves to go check if we're looking perfectly fine. When we're alone, when we're amongst people, all of our attention and focus is directed to who? Ourselves. Me, me, me. Do I look fine? Do I look perfect? Is there anything wrong with me? And we don't even notice other people. We don't even notice the needs that they have. We don't even notice the fatigue on their faces, the exhaustion that they're experiencing. We don't even notice them. We're so concerned about matching our hijab with our shoes and our bags and our abayas and our clothes that we don't even care to look at another individual to see do they have enough. We don't even notice the needs of other people because we have a long wish list of things that we want to have, but we don't still have. If we are so concerned about fulfilling our desires, then how can we be concerned about fulfilling the needs of other people? In these verses, there's been so much emphasis on spending on others. Spending fi sabilillah. Because we should be people who care for others, not people who are selfish, who are fulfilling their desires constantly. One wish after the other. So, يَحْسَبُهُمُ الْجَاهِلُ أَغْنِيَاءُ مِنَ التَّعَفُّفِ Allah says, تَعْرِفُهُمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ You will recognize them by their characteristics, by their marks. It's obvious when a person is in need. It's obvious when a person is wearing old shoes that they need shoes. And it's not necessary that a person is poor. Remember this. It's not necessary that the other individual is poor. They cannot afford. This is why they're wearing old shoes. Or this is why they've been wearing the same bag or abaya since the past one year or two. It's not necessarily that they're poor. It's also possible that they don't have much time. They don't get that chance to go and get what they need. They may have a lot of money sitting, but they don't have the time to go. You know, in the Quran it is mentioned about feeding the prisoners. Some scholars, they have said that the prisoner refers to the woman. You might say, oh, How dare they say that? It refers to the woman. And honestly, I can tell you that sometimes I feel like a prisoner. When I have two little children, one toddler and one baby, and I have to go for groceries, I'm wondering, should I put both of them in the cart? If I do that, 
how am I going to push the cart? The cart will be too heavy. Should I leave one at home? Should I take both of them with me? What should I do? How should I go take a shower? How should I do this? And how should I do that? Honestly, you feel like a prisoner sometimes. You do. So what you need at times is just somebody who will come and ask you, you need me to do something? Can I run an errand for you? And you're like, yes, please do this for me. So it's not necessary that people are poor because of which they're not able to fulfill their needs. It's also possible that they don't get a chance to do that. But what we need to do is, we need to have sharp eyes, observant eyes. We need to care for other people and look, search for opportunities when we can help them, how we can be of help to them. But the ignorant person, the one who is lost in his own world, the one who does not care about others, he thinks, oh, everybody is fine. Everybody is okay. She drives, she can go. She has a husband, she'll do everything herself. She has children, she'll do everything herself. She has a house, she can do it herself. She has money, she can do it. She has time, she can do it. This is what we think. And unfortunately, this is how we have become. That people are living selfish lives, And so miserable lives. Selfish and miserable. Selfish that people are only concerned about themselves. We don't know who our neighbor is, what they're going through. We don't know who the person sitting next to us is in class, what they're going through in their lives. And we don't care. Their life, my life. I'm miserable, she's miserable. I'm tired, she's tired. I'm sick of life, she's sick of life. I want to go back home, she wants to go back home. Isn't it so? We need to be more compassionate. Help another so that Allah will help you. Be concerned for others so Allah will send help your way too. Don't be an ignorant person. Notice the word that Allah has used for those who are not sensitive towards others. Al-jahil, ignorant. That you're so ignorant you can't even see the need. You can't even notice what a person is going through. Don't you get it? Don't you see it? Isn't it quite obvious? Like sometimes I wonder, for example, many people over here are such that they are living on their own, they don't have extended families, and even if they do, they are themselves so busy or they are dependent on others themselves. So if a woman has a baby, seriously, she needs some help. You can't expect her that when she's in so much pain, she's going to be getting up and cooking herself and cleaning the house herself and doing the laundry herself. But what do we think? Oh, it's her life. You know, everybody needs their space and privacy. And in that, we don't even offer any help. And if we're that insensitive, then we really are ignorant. يَحْسَبُهُمُ الْجَاهِلُ أَغْنِيَاءُ مِنَ التَّعَفُّفْ تَعْرِفُهُمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ Allah says, لَا يَسْأَلُونَ النَّاسَ إِلْحَافَ لَا يَسْأَلُونَ They do not ask النَّاسَ the people إِلْحَافَ Persistently. إِلْحَاف from the root letters لَامْ حَافَ And لَحْف is to wrap something around, to cover something. Okay, this is what lahf is. And al-hafa is to ask insistently to not leave the other individual, to keep asking them until they give you something. This is what al-hafa is. So Allah says, لَا يَسْأَلُونَ النَّاسَ إِلْحَافَ You know sometimes children, if they want a particular chocolate bar, they just saw it in the grocery store, now they have to have it. They will cling to their mom. Mom, I need it. Mom, I need it. They're screaming and they're crying and they won't forget about it. No matter what the mother does to distract the child, the child will not forget. This is what ilhaf is. 
This is what ilhaf is. That the person is just wrapped around the other, he's not gonna leave them, he's not gonna let them go until they get something. Allah says these people, la yas'alun nasa ilhafa. They don't ask people persistently. They don't ask people in this manner. No. They don't even ask in the first place. You think they will beg? They don't do that. لا يسألون الناس إلحافة. Then Allah encourages us, وَمَا تُنْفِقُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ And whatever you spend of wealth, whatever good you spend, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ بِهِ عَلِيمٌ Then indeed Allah, He is knowing of it. He knows about it really well. But notice what has been said over here. Whatever you spend, مِنْ خَيْرٍ What is خَيْرٍ? Good. But the word khayr is also used for wealth. What kind of wealth? That is a lot in quantity and it's also good in quality. So when you spend on those who are in the way of Allah, those who don't ask other people, but they ask Allah, they're modest so they don't go on begging people. Those, what should we spend on them? Khayrin. And whenever we do spend khayrin on them, what does Allah say? فَإِنْ اللَّهَ Allah knows about it. And when Allah knows, then He will reward you. When Allah knows, then He will give you back. Then He will care for you. He will send somebody when you are in need. Now in this ayah, what do we learn? We learn that when we spend, our money should go, our charity, where should that go? On the needy, on the poor, those who are deserving. And also, especially on those who may be well off in their homes, who may have a lot in their homes, but because they are out in the way of Allah, they don't have enough. Their family may have a lot, but that individual does not have much. Why? Because all of his time is going into the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So spend on him. Why? Because spending on him means that whatever good he does, that reward will go to him, but it will also come to you. Because you're helping him do the work. You're helping him. Now imagine, Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu. So many ahadith he narrated. So many. So much knowledge he passed on. All those companions who supported him financially, all those, they get the ajr, they get the reward of whatever he taught. Whatever he passed on, whatever amal we're doing till today, Sponsoring Abu Hurairah is like accumulating a lot of reward. Now you might say, but there's no Abu Hurairah today. So then what should we do? Where should we spend our money? In the way of Allah. To help the deen of Allah. And it doesn't mean that we spend on certain individuals, but rather we spend on the cause. You know, many non-profit organizations, what do they run on? What does it mean by non-profit? That there is no profit. Whatever you're doing, you're not making any money. So basically, what are they running on? Donations. And do they not have employees? I'm not talking about Islamic non-profit organizations. I'm talking about non-profit organizations in general. Do they not have any employees? Yes, they do. Do they not have any work that needs to be done? Yes. Do they not have buildings, rents to pay, so on and so forth? Yes. So all that money comes from donations. But unfortunately, people have to be tempted. You come play a game, you might win a lottery, you might win a car. This is how they tempt people to give donations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, you spend in His way. 
and expect reward from Allah. Don't expect to win a car in return. Don't expect that your name be put somewhere in the wall of the masjid. No. Expect from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the best cause that we can spend on. The deen of Allah. Another very important lesson that we learn in this ayah is that even when we are in need, we should abstain from asking. We should not ask other people. We should not beg other people. We should not spread out our hand in front of others. There was once a companion, Abu Sa'id, he said that my mother sent me to the Messenger of Allah wasallam to ask him for some help, some financial aid. But when I came by him, I sat down. He came to ask the Prophet ﷺ, his mom had sent him, what could he do? And when he got there, he just sat next to the Prophet ﷺ, he was too shy to ask, he was embarrassed. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, مَنِ اسْتَغْنَى أَغْنَاهُ Whoever felt satisfied, then Allah will enrich him. Whoever is modest, Allah will make him decent. Meaning Allah will protect his modesty. Allah will give him so that he doesn't need to humiliate himself before other people. Whoever is content, then Allah will suffice for him. And whoever asks people while having a small amount, then he will have begged the people. Whoever asks people while having a small amount, then in reality, what is he doing? He is begging the people. فَقَدْ أَلْحَفَ He is begging the people. Now, Abu Sa'id, he said that I thought to myself, I have a camel. I have something. I have a camel. And indeed, it is worth more than a small amount. So he said, when I realized that, I got up and I went back without asking the Prophet ﷺ for anything. What do we think? If we don't have a phone, if we don't have our own car, we're so poor. If I don't have my own room in the house, my parents are so poor. They can't even afford a house. We are so poor. If we can't buy everything that we need in the groceries, what do we think? We don't have enough money. We're so unfortunate. We need to have this realization that we have enough. And when we have that realization, then Allah will give us contentment. Then we can be richer than those who are considered rich. Because true richness is that of the heart, not of numbers. True richness is that of the heart. When a person feels that he has enough, he has sufficient, Allah has given him a lot, then he will make do with whatever he has, he will be grateful to Allah. When he will be grateful, then Allah will give him more. And this person can help others as well. He can notice the needs of others. And a person who thinks, me, 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 poor me, poor me, then he cannot help others. When he cannot help others, then how will he get help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So be very careful. Even when we are in need, don't go on asking others. Because when we spread out our hand in front of others, then we are humiliating ourselves. The upper hand is better than the lower hand. Meaning the giving hand is better than the receiving hand. So be of those who give, not of those who are receiving, taking, sucking. No. Give. Give. And when you will give, Allah will make you greater. What do we think? 
We need to take as much money as we can and then we'll become rich. When we are rich, then we will be great. But in fact, we are humiliating ourselves in that manner. Beg before Allah, not before people. Ask Allah, not others. And unfortunately, we think it's okay to lie even in order to get some money from people. Once I was standing outside the grocery store and um, a woman passed by me. And she looked at me and she took out a piece of paper and she gave it to me. And it had some signs. They had some pictures drawn of hand movement and all of that. And it said that I am a deaf person and I need money and all of that. So I felt kind of awkward because it didn't seem like an official pamphlet or you know an official business card. It just seemed like a photocopied paper that had been cut into small, small pieces you know, to be given to people. So I felt kind of uncomfortable. Anyway, I didn't want to refuse her, send her back. And I asked her a question and she just said something like this, like, I don't hear, I'm sorry. So I took out whatever money I had, I gave it to her. She took it, put it in her pocket, and she walked away. And I was like, what just happened right now? And by chance it happened that when my husband came with the car, he came right in front of the doors of the grocery store, so I ended up walking over there. And I saw her walking into the grocery store having a conversation with someone. And I was so shocked that how can people do that? Lying to get change from someone? Lying to get a few cents from someone? To get a few hundred dollars from someone? Now this is at a very small level. At a very great level, what do people do? They're married, they have children, and the mother will say, I'm a single mother. So that she can get more money from the government. People are married, they will say, I am divorced. People want to pay less in insurance, so they will find someone who lives in another city, get their address, put that as their own address, so that they are charged less insurance. They have to pay less money. This is not just begging, this is lying, this is deception, this is khiyana, this is a major sin. What are we doing? And we think it's okay. They're kuffar. It's a kafir government. So take whatever you can from them. No, you cannot. That money is not halal for you. It is haram money. It is not tayyib money. You spend that money, whatever you buy, whatever you eat, even that is haram for you. You give that money in charity, that charity is not accepted. Because it is impure. It is khabith money. You are destroying yourself. You think that you're getting better in your financial position. You think you're becoming greater, but you're not. And really, how much more can we buy? How much more can we do with a few hundred dollars? How much? How much more can we do? Sometimes, all of a sudden, there's a car accident and you have to pay a few hundred dollars in car repairs. Is that in your control? It's not. So we try to save money to make more money through wrong ways, but then things happen in which we lose the money that we try to get. Remember, People are not our providers. Who is our provider? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So don't look at people expecting help from them, expecting money from them. No. Look at the khaza'in of Allah, the treasures of Allah. When the snow falls and you're surrounded by snow, think about it. All the snow, where was it? It was up in the skies. All this water, where was it? Up in the skies. Who owns it? Allah. Who sent it down? Allah. Allah has a lot. He can give you a lot. But you need to ask Him. Don't ask people. 
and whatever risk, whatever money is written for us, we will get it. But what have we been advised to do? That be good in the way you seek the money. Do ihsan in the way you get that money. So earn your money in the best way. Because you want that earning to be ibadah as well. So remember, whatever is written for you, you'll get it. Not a cent less, not a cent more. Whatever is written for you, you'll get it. Don't get it by asking others. Don't get it through lying and cheating and deceiving. No. Earn it through halal means. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ Those people who spend their wealth. Amwal is the plural of mal. When do they spend it? Bilayli, in the night. Wanahari and the day. Sirran, secretly. Wa'alaniyatan, and openly. What do we see here? Night, day, secretly, openly. What's left? Nothing. Because night and day, what does that imply? At all times. At all times. It doesn't matter whether a person is at home or he's outside. Whether a person is sick or he's perfectly healthy. Whether a person is busy or he is resting. No. Layl one nahab, Night and day. Regardless of the circumstances that a person is in. Regardless of what time of the day or night it is. Regardless of the situation that he's in. Layli one nahari. Sirwan wa'alaniyatan. Sir from the root letter seen rara. And sir means secret. And alaniya is the opposite of that. Ain lam noon. I'lan is to reveal something, to expose something. So alaniyatan openly, meaning publicly. In other words, they spend at all times and in every state. In every situation. At all times. فِي كُلِّ حَالٍ وَفِي كُلِّ زَمَانٍ So in other words, they spend whenever they can. They spend whenever they have an opportunity. Whenever there is a good reason to spend on someone, to give in charity. الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ سِرًّا وَعَلَانِيَةً فَلَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ Then for them is their reward. عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ With their Lord. وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ No fear on them. وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ Nor will they grieve. No fears, no worries, no sorrow, no regrets, no sadness, nothing. Only happiness and contentment and satisfaction and gratitude. Because you can never be truly happy until you give. True happiness comes from giving, not from receiving. When you give, that is what will truly satisfy you. But when you get, when you receive, then you'll never be satisfied. When you go to the mall, you go to one store, another store, another store, you shop here, you shop there, you buy this, you buy that, one thing after the other. And you have so many bags that you can barely walk to the car. And when you get home, you think, that's it? That's all I bought? No matter how much you shop, even if you shop till you drop, at the end you think, I wish I had bought that sweater. I wish I had picked up those socks. I wish I had picked up that and that. You can never be satisfied because the reality is that if the son of Adam was given a valley full of gold, what would he desire? Another valley of gold. He is never satisfied. What satisfies us is giving. When you give to someone, that will make you happy. When you spend on others, that will make you happy.
that will bring you contentment and pleasure and joy. That is true joy. This is why Allah says those who spend constantly in every condition, at every time, they will have no fear, no regret. لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون Because such people will be in the high levels of paradise. And in the high levels of paradise, no fear, no worry. And such people in this world also, in this life also, they live a life of contentment. And those who want, their greed never lets them become satisfied. Those who think they have less, those who think they don't have enough, their greed, their desire, never lets them rest. It never lets them enjoy life. But those who give, لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون. Recitation. للفقراء الذين أحصروا في سبيل الله لا يستطيعون ضربا في الأرض لا يستطيعون ضربا في الأرض يحسبهم الجاهل أغنياء من التعفف تعرفهم بسيماهم تعرفهم بسيماهم لا يسألون الناس إلحافا وما تنفقوا من خير فإن الله به عليم Does this ayah mean that we spend all the time in the night, in the day, openly, secretly, on ourselves only? Does this mean that we become wasteful? And we don't have any control over ourselves? That whenever we like something, we buy it? Is this what it means? No. This means those who spend where? In the way of Allah. Those who spend on their needs even, on their family, on anyone who needs help, on a cause that needs to be supported, then this is their reward. So in other words, they're not time-bound their spending is not restricted to certain causes only. Like we think that if we sponsor or we give donations to a particular masjid, then we don't need to give donations to another masjid. Is this how we should be? No. Wherever, wherever we find an opportunity, we should spend there. And it doesn't mean that we spend hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of dollars. No. Whatever that you can. Because Remember, when you spend, you are actually creating athar for yourself. What does that mean? That you are investing your money in causes that will continue to bring reward to you even after you're dead, even after you're gone. Because that good work will continue, but you will go away. And when you will go away, you will keep getting the reward. Why? Because you helped that cause. Even if it was with a little bit of money. You don't even know. But you're getting the reward. You don't even know. And you could be getting so much reward. So never hold back from spending in the way of Allah. Even if we can give one cent. Believe me my dear sisters. One cent also. Never hold back from giving that in the way of Allah. Never be too shy to give that. Never be too embarrassed to give that. Any investor, he knows that he should not concentrate all of his money into one cause, into one business. No. Or into one account. What do people do who have a lot of money? They spread out their money. 
some of it in stocks some of it in the bank some of it in another bank some of it in a business some of it in an investment some of it in another investment some of it in, in one country some of it in another country isn't it so they spread out their money why so that even if one shuts down one suffers loss then all their money doesn't go they still have money coming in from other places and the more you spread it the more it grows the more revenue you have the more profit you gain so likewise when we spend in the way of allah don't say oh since i'm studying the quran i'm paying my fees so that is my spending in the way of allah and i don't need to spend on anything else no spend in other ways as well i know of this one sister who whenever she goes to any masjid any masjid i have seen with my own eyes that she will give charity over there whatever she can give and she says that i have used the masjid so i have to give back what is our reaction when we go to a masjid the washrooms are so dirty man the masjid the women's area the lighting the heating the this the that we have a list of complaints have we ever thought about how much we are helping the cause we don't even think about that we complain but we don't do anything so spend anywhere that you can in any cause that you can accumulate more and more hasanat spend on people spend on causes spend on books spend on whatever comes your way because any opportunity that comes your way has been sent to you by who by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala an opportunity for you to gain reward so benefit from it avail it and those who spend like this la khawfun alayhim wa lahum yahzanun in this dunya and in the akhirah in this dunya allah will protect them from problems because sadaqa it averts calamities doesn't it it averts calamities it cools the anger of allah it protects you from the consequences of your sins and in the hereafter heaps and heaps of reward because the one who spends even one thing in the cause of allah allah will multiply that for him 700 times and even more unlimited reward so la khawfun alayhim wa la hum yahzanun Uh, I remember when Ustaza was teaching us, uh, she used to tell us that a lot of parents come to her and say, my children don't eat. Yeah, people would come to her teacher and say that, you know, my children, they don't eat. I think a lot of moms have this thing about their kids. At one point, they're not eating. So she would say that you feed the orphans and inshallah, your children will start to eat. So we have to think about this. That where do I find? A lot of times people would say, I don't know where to go look for an orphan. And I find that such a lame excuse because wherever you turn these days, there's a way to donate to orphanages and adopt a child. There's so much going on in our communities. So look for that, inshallah. That when you feed another, then Allah will feed you. And sometimes it happens that the money is in your pocket. The food is in your refrigerator, but you can't eat it. Or you can't use that money. You don't find what you want. You don't find what you need. So why? Because the tawfiq is not there. Allah is not facilitating that for you. So Allah will facilitate that for you when you facilitate the same thing for another person. You take care of others, Allah will take care of you. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I feel like this is an opportunity for us to um, expiate for our sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us an opportunity to cover up our sins, to make up for it. And at the same time, we're also earning tons of good deeds along with it. So it's two for one deal. You know, you're getting forgiveness 
and you're earning so many more good deeds that'll continue on even after you're dead. Unlimited benefits of spending. In this life, after you're gone, and in the hereafter, unlimited benefits. So why not spend in the way of Allah? And when you have something, you have this natural desire to spend. Isn't it so? I'm sure you all can experience that. Especially when we're young, we experience that. When we have even $50, we're thinking, okay, I can buy this, I can buy that. The money cannot stay with us for too long. But instead of wasting that money, throwing it here, throwing it there, use it wisely and spend where? In good ways, in good works. I just had an example of a person, he went, he was telling me he went to Home Depot to pick up some things. And he saw a lady who's middle-aged who was complaining that she had a severe headache and she hadn't had coffee since morning. He said that when he left that store, he just couldn't forget her face or her words. And as he was driving, he sees a place where they're selling coffee. So he just, on impulse, he went, picked up this coffee and he went to the store and gave it to her. He said, I could see the tears in her eyes as she said, you know, that this is going to help me get through the day. I mean... These are the different ways we can use opportunities. It just doesn't sort of come in front of you. You've got to look for it. You know, typically we would think, oh, look at her, how she's complaining. At least she had breakfast. Or at least she can go for her lunch break. But like again, everybody's needs are different. Everybody's situation is different. And for you, that coffee might not matter too much, but for them, it does. And sometimes helping a person at the time when they need that help that is the best thing that you can do. But generally we think of helping only those who help us. Give to those who give to us. And those who cannot give us anything back, don't give anything to them. Because we have no relation. We are not friends, we are not acquaintances, so why should we bother to spend on them? But in this ayah, what do we learn? That spend wherever, whenever, whoever. Just spend. Accumulate the good that you can. Earn the reward that you can and don't hold back. The question is that we have been told here to spend in the way of Allah, but can we spend on people who are not Muslim? Yes, you can. You know, zakat, zakat, mandatory charity, a portion of that can also be given to people who are not Muslim, who are inclined to becoming Muslim, who have that interest in Islam. And in the Qur'an, so many places it hasn't mentioned, and they feed who? The poor, the needy. It hasn't mentioned the Muslims who are poor, the Muslims who are needy. No. If a person is hungry, if a person is in need, they need something, you are responsible to spend on them. So regardless of that. But what these ayahs mean is that we should also focus on spending in the way of Allah. Because this is just like if you invest your money in a particular business, let's say, the profit, the yearly profit that you get from it is let's say 5%. But there is another opportunity where if you invest some money, the yearly profit, the yearly gain that you get is 20%, 25%. Another is 50%, another is 75%. Which one should you go for more and more? Which one? The one that brings you more profit. So there are different levels. You see? There are different levels. So go for the highest level. Go for the best opportunity. But that does not mean that you ignore the rest. No, spend there too. But avail the best opportunities available to you. We listen to the recitation of these ayahs.